0: Welcome to another episode of Matrix Assassins. We just finished a, was it two and a half hours? Oh,
1: wow. I think it was just a little just, over like two just hours. just a little
0: over two hours. I'm not kidding you guys. This conversation changed my life, and I have no doubt in my mind that this not only will change your guys' life, but, like, the course of your children's life. We interviewed Janice Barcelo, and she wrote the a couple of books on birth trauma and the dark side of modern medicine. She's also written another book called Human Sexuality, Pornography, and the Attack on Human Love. And this episode is is going to blow your mind. Nicole, what did you think?
1: I completely agree. I... I'm almost speechless just because of how much information we just went through and information that I honestly had no idea about. I think I only scratched the surface of this topic and understood it like on a very, you know, like primitive level. But after talking through it and now knowing like where to go to uncover even more of this information, I can't wait to get into it.
0: Yeah, I mean, even when she was talking about the induction phase and Oh man, there's just so much and and for the men that are listening or that are tuning in, I'm so happy that you guys are tuning in because this is what we're about to expose is <sighs> is so vitally important to you guys as well. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there is just so much that our men really need to hear about about birthing and your and like their specific roles as well. It's just I think this is definitely one of the most important episodes we've done.
1: Yeah. And if if not only just for the information about their role in it, but just knowing that by healing this birthing trauma, it will help like future generations, starting with your own children. So I Absolutely. feel like that's like elemental to it.
0: Right. And I didn't even realize all of us every single person right we were all born we all have if we were born in hospitals we all have this birthing trauma and then she delves into what this birthing trauma is hindering in all of our lives and i didn't even know to heal birthing trauma mm-hmm. and so i i swear this is really this is just going to blow so many people's minds
1: right and especially because you know, if we didn't know that we had birthing trauma, we could be attributing certain issues to things that are related to that. So I feel like it's a foundational thing to be aware of, or at least conscious of, and to decide whether or not it's something you want to go into deeper.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about, well, Janice had talked about it and she says that there's this Luciferian agenda overlay that is the matrix that is embedded in our society. And we really talk about how deep it really truly goes and how traumatic it really truly is on every single level of the birthing experience, post-birthing, pre-birthing, prenatal, ultrasounds. I mean, there's nothing that we don't touch on. And it's just, it's so much information, but it's also so captivating. So we're so excited to drop this episode on you guys.
1: Also, I feel like, We could have probably talked for five hours and I could see us having her on again to get into some of the other topics.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just literally so much.
1: But before we hit play, this episode is brought to you by Primal Alchemy. Primal Alchemy is a superhuman optimization brand that unifies ancient ancestral wisdom with 21st century science in order to create a line of premium lifestyle products to help maximize your physical mental and spiritual capabilities
0: physically mentally spiritually level up you can also head to his website primalalchemy.co.uk and go download the superhuman optimization map it is absolutely free so head to the link in our show notes and if you utilize any products and want to support us please use the code matrix10 for 10% off And if this is your first time listening, welcome to Matrix Assassins. Just by pressing play, you have already hacked the Matrix. So sit back and enjoy this episode and watch your life change because it did for me and I really hope it does for you guys as well. Last but not least, if you guys like what we're doing and want to support us, please head to the podcast app on your iPhones or wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave us a five-star and a little review. It really means a lot to us, and it's the best way to level us up. So, Nicole, are you ready to exit the simulation? I am. Let's go. We have temperatures
2: right now in the 60s. This bag right here... You don't have to. Welcome to Matrix Assassins. Two real girls
1: in a simulated world.
0: Welcome to another episode of Matrix Assassins. She is an author, educator, researcher, and activist dedicated to exposing the dark side of the medical establishment. In her first book, Birth Trauma and the Dark Side of Modern Medicine, Janice offers a critical analysis of technological interventions during childbirth and exposes systemic abuse of mothers and infants during hospital birth. Janice argues that medical violence is deliberate and methodical and reveals a decades-long agenda To alter mankind by inflicting trauma on us at the earliest stages of our lives In addition to her work exposing the dangers of medical interference in the birth process Janice has also lectured extensively on the topics relating to human sexuality and pornography She is the creator of a double dvd series entitled human sexuality pornography and the attack on human love In which she exposes a sinister agenda to socially engineer humanity through the manipulation of our sexual attitudes, and behavior. The DVD series reveals the mechanisms through which we had our children are being harmed. She is a true Matrix assassin. Janice Barcelo. thank you so much for stepping into the game with us tonight. I love that title, Matrix Assassin. <laughs> Since you love the title, what does
2: Matrix Assassin mean to you? It means that we are putting an end to this satanic Uh, matrix that we've been probably trapped in for a few lifetimes. And we are uh, removing ourselves from it, perhaps dismantling it for the rest of eternity. That would please me (laughs) extremely much. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So that's, you know, that would be a great end game to dismantle the entire satanic matrix.
1: Yeah. So getting straight into it, our first question is, especially for our listeners who might not um, be as well versed on all this information about the harms of childbirth in the medical setting. Um, So why would someone want to inflict trauma on us at such an early age?
2: Well, we have, there's a spiritual reason for this, that there is a battle that's been going on between uh, I would call him a fallen angel named Lucifer and the creator of all that is good and beautiful. Okay. And this entity obviously didn't fall alone. He was in battle with the creator and a lot of other angels actually followed him. I think it was like one third of the angels decided Yes, they didn't want to be underlings anymore. They certainly didn't want to uh, be underlings to mankind because they had discovered that mankind was going to have a higher place than they would themselves in all of creation. And they became very unhappy with this and decided they're not going to go for it. And so they've been in battle with the creator and with mankind and have been trying to prove that they are at least as powerful as the creator in mankind um, or more powerful than the creator in mankind. So what they've taken to doing is they have a great delight in destroying our natural world you know, polluting, morphing, mutating our air, our water, our genes, you know, uh, our food supply, everything, they delight in mutating all that is good and beautiful. And also, um, the way that they mutate us, in addition to the genetic engineering that's been going on for several centuries, is through trauma based mind control. And the easiest way to effectuate the mind control of a a man or woman is to get them at the earliest part of their life, you know, and that means during conception, gestation and birth, these are the three critical times for the formation of our nervous system, our neurological system, the development of our brain, the development of our bodies, the development, I won't say the development of our consciousness because our consciousness is intact um, prior to conception, but the attack on our consciousness begins even before we're conceived by the mind control of our parents and getting them to to conceive us in ways that go against the divine order. So it is not normal for mankind to be engaging in haphazard sexual relationships. This is totally a result of mind control. It's totally a result of the dark forces influencing how we think, and how we behave, and making us become willing to engage in these sexual activities that will cause us spiritual harm. And it will also cause immense harm to any children that are conceived as a result of the haphazard uh, activity. This is a very deep topic, what's going on with sex, what we call sex, and how we're bringing babies to this earth, and how that's affecting us and our children. So I could talk about that, but the bottom line is this. We have energies and entities on this earth that desire to take control of us and this earth in order to uh, win the spiritual battle between themselves and the Creator. And that's the bottom line. And they've created this artificial matrix. I would venture to say that the entire technocratic world is a Luciferian overlay. It's been superimposed over the real world. So they'll come in and they'll pave over everything, build all these structures, tear down the food supply in terms of the beautiful trees that are growing with food and plants. And, you know, um, the technocratic world is, from my perception, a, a, a Luciferian overlay over the real world. And we are initiated into the technocratic matrix. It's a satanic Luciferian matrix through the process of prenatal care and hospital birth. I love how you say Mm -hmm. a
0: satanic Luciferian overlay. I could not agree more. You know, one thing that I really enjoy to do is I love to find and discover topics that I would have never questioned ever and, and discuss you you don't know to question things that you don't know to question for instance the sky the clouds this and that and i'm so excited to have you on because i had never in my life had thought to question childbirth mm-hmm. i just thought that this is how you do it you yeah. you know from step from prenatal in quotation marks from a to z that there are no other options before we get into the meat of the topic how did you become involved in this
2: line of work well <laughs> <laughs> Let me say, I've had a very um, difficult road in terms of giving birth. I've had five pregnancies. None of them were successful in a live birth. Okay, I've had three miscarriages. One baby that I was told was deformed in the fifth month that I chose to abort my son. I didn't understand what abortion was at the time or how they were going to murder him or even that it was murder. Of of an infant at that time, uh, but so I ended up with an abortion, which has very serious spiritual consequences. And in my fifth pregnancy, um, I carried my daughter to, to 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 term, but she was born not breathing uh, during a very well prepared for home birth, and ended up in a neonatal intensive care unit, where I witnessed them torturing her every day for two months, a little over two months before they succeeded in murdering her during a surgical operation. So that experience combined with everything else that I experienced trying to give birth to children, there was so much birth trauma in my experience, that I sought to begin to heal birth trauma. And that took me deep into my own birth experience and how my prenatal and birth experience had influenced my ability to give birth gently and in love. It was basically impossible for me to do because I was carrying so much trauma, unresolved trauma that was intergenerational. You know, the medical establishment actually killed my grandmother's baby. Before my mother was born, my grandmother gave birth to a son. They pulled him out with forceps and gave him a brain hemorrhage, and he died. Okay, so my mother was the next baby through the womb after the murder of her brother by the medical establishment. And she was gestated in what's called a haunted womb. And this kind of energy, there's a lot of prenatal stuff that's going on that is very spiritually deep and has consequences for us for the rest of our life. And if we don't become conscious of this and seek to heal it, it is very likely our children are going to be forced to not only carry the trauma that we've carried and have not resolved, but that with our children, it will be escalated. So it's very important to become conscious of our prenatal experience, our conception experience, our prenatal experience, and our birth experience. These are three things that we, it would be very helpful for our future earth, for us to heal, so that we can say, the buck stops with me, I'm going to heal this now. I'm not going to pass this on to another generation of children because I want to contribute to a generation of children that are born whole, intact, with a connection to the divine mind, and that have not been undermined or influenced by trauma of any kind. So
1: that actually um, sparks a question that I have um, what are some of the most common forms of trauma that are inflicted on babies, you know, even before they're born and then after they're born? Because I think this is something obviously many of us aren't conscious of yet.
2: yeah, yeah so if we're if we look at prenatal care, what they call prenatal care, ultrasound, for example, is one of the main attacks on our the successful uh, emergence of an intact man or woman, infant man or woman. I won't say human because human, the word human means a shade of man. It means altered man. Okay. We want to give birth to mankind, but ultrasound is radiation, right? This is what people need to understand. The medical establishment will tell you it is just sound waves. And I'm here to tell you that they are lying. Ultrasound is a combination of both acoustic radiation and electromagnetic radiation that is causing intrauterine growth retardation. It's causing brain damage. It's causing birth defects. It's causing all kinds of genetic mutations we have autistic children being born in over you know overwhelming numbers of genetically and neurologically damaged children being born today because of it's a combination of ultrasonic radiation and wireless devices the radiation coming from wireless devices so most of the well i won't say most a, a good number of autistic children, have what's called de novo genetic mutations. De novo means new. These are mutations, genetic mutations that never existed in the family line. They're showing up for the first time in the children who have them, and they are a result of one of two things. Genetic damage to the sperm or egg of the parents, from exposure to ultrasound or wireless radiation, okay? Or the baby is exposed in early pregnancy, especially, to ultrasound or wireless radiation. This topic of wireless radiation and ultrasound is so critically important for people to understand You know, I walked into the laundromat yesterday and a a woman clearly in love with her infant. This baby was like a peanut. And I said, I said, how much did, did your baby weigh at birth? And she said, this was my biggest baby. And my baby was five pounds, seven ounces. That was her biggest baby. And then I said, "Did you know that ultrasound is causing intrauterine growth retardation? That it's it's causing babies to be severely underdeveloped." And she said, "Well, they they exposed me to so many ultrasounds in early pregnancy because they said I was high risk and and I knew immediately what caused this to happen to her baby. I wrote a book about this. It's called The Dark Side of Prenatal Ultrasound. Everybody should read this book. And everybody should read my book that's called Are Wireless Devices Really Safe? Because this radiation is going to be the end of us if we do not get on these issues. Okay, so the medical establishment has been hugely responsible for exposing people to radiation for decades. They call it medical treatment, right, or diagnostics. I'm here to tell you that every exposure from every single radiation-emitting medical machine is harmful. That includes ultrasonic, devices, MRIs, which they're going to tell you it's just magnetic waves. Do not believe these people. This is a very dark cult that runs the medical industry from start to finish. And they do not have good intentions for mankind or for the animal kingdom. They are invested in causing harm. And if this COVID fiasco has not woken people up to this reality of what the medical establishment really is, I don't know what's going to wake them up. Maybe this discussion will help when we go through protocol by protocol of hospital birth and how it actually affects mothers, fathers, and babies. So right
1: before we get into that, since since you talked about kind of like this mind control that's going on. So many of us obviously personally know nurses and doctors, they may be in our family. And we we see this agenda, we see how dark it is, we understand it, but then we're dealing with them on a personal level and we see this veil where they cannot see any of this. So I know that you've talked a little bit about like this mind control within the medical profession. Can you kind of get into some of that before we delve into like the various layers of the whole birthing process?
2: In my birth trauma book, Birth Trauma and the Dark Side of Medicine, Modern Medicine, I have a section about medical school being a process of trauma-based mind control. So, for example, medical students will be um, forced to engage in activities that are extremely harmful. They will be told to do pelvic exams on anesthetized women. They will be told to shove their arms into the uteruses of cows. Okay, while well, cows, veterinarians will go through this. Cows are trapped in this metal thing and can't move. So they're taught to rape both women and animals as a form of medical training. All right, they're taught to cut off the most sensitive part of an infant boy's penis without anesthetic and to detach themselves from their feelings while this infant is screaming in agony from the genital torture that he is experiencing at the hands of these people that are in training to become doctors. uh, If you read that section of my book, you will be horrified by some of the testimony from doctors and people that were training to be nurses or veterinarians and what they were made to do during their training. And every piece of it is designed to cause them to dissociate. What is dissociation? When your body is experiencing so much trauma and your emotions are overwhelming the nervous system, your soul will leave your body. And your body will be on automatic pilot. It's as if you've gone into um, not a catatonic state, but similar. You know, your eyes will glaze over, your heart rate will slow down. Everything is controlled physiologically, but there's no body home. There's no spirit in that body. And it's at that time through dissociation when an alter personality can come in and take over the body, and that alter personality will be in service to the dark side. So this is how we create doctors in Western medicine, is we cause them to dissociate. Some of them go into medicine because they're already part of the Luciferian cult, Okay, some of them are hardcore, evil people. Many of them are not. Many of them go into this with good intentions and become completely disconnected from their feelings, from their soul, from their bodies. And that makes them that makes them very dangerous. Anybody that's under that level of mind control is capable of engaging in activities that cause extreme harm, even to their own children. Like who in their right mind hands over their newborn infant and says, yes, please mutilate their penis. I feel like it
0: happens so quickly too. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, just a little bit of background, I'm still a baby. I don't have one, but one day I might. And I'm glad that I'm I'm talking and thinking about this now because you know in my mind well first off I I feel like for a lot of women they fear childbirth like it's like an irrational fear um and we'll we'll talk talk about that too because like why is it we are like programmed to fear it so deeply but then the other too is like you know, you see movies or videos or, you know, you hear experiences of your friends giving giving birth and they immediately hand the baby over. And then their, you know, their noses are being, I don't even know, like getting all the gunk out. Yeah, Yeah, suctioned and their eyeballs are getting gunk in them. And like, it's just bizarre to me now that I'm thinking about it.
2: Well, let's talk about these things first. And to answer your question about, why there's this irrational fear. You have to remember, all women were born. Yeah, that's a great thought. and, And the overwhelming majority of us came in through hospital birth, which means we came in through... Hospitals are Luciferian temples of the occult, okay? The birth process itself in a hospital is one large satanic ritual. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And people don't understand that there's
0: so many, most people, there's so many people that die in hospitals. So just imagine all of the spirits and all of the demonic energy that's being conjured in hospitals all the time. People are so disconnected by the thought of possession and, and demonic energy. They think it's this really out there concept. But what people really don't understand is it is very easy to clear your chakras, clear your channel and have something step in. It's not as out there and bizarre as it really is. It ha- it's extremely yeah. common.
2: Yeah, our society will poo-poo it and make it sound as if it's not really something we should be concerned about. But the fact is, the fear of childbirth is not irrational because most of us um, came in through a satanic gateway into this realm. And it was a gateway that was absolutely terrifying. These people brutalize us. From start to finish, during the birth process, and you better believe that our body, when we become pregnant, is going to go through some stuff. If we are planning to go to a hospital to give birth, your mind will not understand because your mind represses the trauma, right? It stays locked in the reptilian and the and or the limbic system, but the conscious mind isn't aware of it. Your body is aware of it. I'll call yeah, your, your body, body knows body is the unconscious or the reptilian memories and the Mm -hmm. the limbic memories it's there and your body will be experiencing panic at the thought of you taking it into a hospital to give birth because your body knows when you do that your body's going to experience tremendous harm i mean it's so sterile you got all these beeps around
0: you. Like, how are you you're supposed to be in like a relaxed state, and yet you're under these lights, all these strangers are around you. You're in freaking stirrups, like it's kind of like
2: literally the last place on earth that you actually want to give birth. All of it is by design in terms of what they do. And yes, if you think about what a hospital is, it's a place of disease, trauma, illness, mm-hmm. death. So who in the who in the
0: who what, in that that? right mind, like, That's really, I'm sorry, but the more I, I think about it, like, it's, it's really,
1: yeah, it's really validating to hear this because I feel like there's, you know, there's so many people that really innately and intuitively know this on a level that they can't completely explain, but then it's just become so normalized that you're supposed to think that it is the place that you go for health and for healthcare. And And not
2: only that, but it's the safest safe. Yeah. Once what's pounded into our Mm -hmm. brains through the media, you know, the best thing you can do for yourselves is uh, smash the television. Mm
0: -hmm. Amen.
2: And begin to start thinking for yourself. Okay. Instead of allowing them to program you with their programming. That's why they call it programming. This is mind control programming from every aspect of it. So We have the power to heal ourselves. Let me stress that this is very important if you've had birth trauma. And if you're born in a hospital, it's likely you do. You should take a look at, you know, your history and try to unravel any trauma. Heal that trauma and then get pregnant and give birth Outside of the medical establishment, with the help of a trained, certified professional midwife, this is in the United States, as opposed to a certified nurse midwife. Everybody write that down. Mm-hmm. You want to get a CPM, a certified professional midwife, if you're in the United States, and not a certified nurse midwife. We call them medwives, the nurse midwives, because they are medically oriented, medically trained, and, and, and will you know, be conditioned to behave in a medical way. During the birth, but if you get a certified professional midwife, these midwives are trained to do home birth. They are trained to understand your body's capacity to give birth gently and with ease. Um, One thing that is missing from the midwifery uh, training is that every midwife should be asking their clients about their birth history every midwife should help their clients become aware of any past birth trauma. I have birth trauma. Me too. I don't know. I (laughs) I tried to hang
0: myself with my umbilical cord.
2: Well, the interesting thing about the umbilical cord story is that many babies spin in the womb. Okay. And so the umbilical cord can be wrapped around the neck multiple times. This is not uncommon. And it's not a problem because babies are not breathing. Mm, Okay. Because because of that, I was a C-section baby. Right. They're going to say that the cord being wrapped around the neck is a problem only if the cord is compressed and cutting off the blood supply. All right. Mm. The babies are breathing. All the oxygen they need is coming through the blood supply that's pumping through the umbilical cord into their bodies. Okay, they get all the oxygen that they need that way. If the cord is compressed, that's a problem. If the cord is around the neck, it does not matter. You can see babies being born and like intuitively, instinctively, a mother will simply unwrap the baby as it comes out, turning the baby in certain ways, and the baby's fine. It's only a problem if the cord is compressed. And so mothers need to learn. Fathers actually need to learn because mothers are going to be under tremendous pressure to give birth. And it's good if fathers become aware to ask the question before a C-section happened, is the cord compressed? What is actually causing if the baby is having trouble uh, with its heart rate? What is causing it? Is it because you've injected Pitocin? into the mother's body and pitocin is now causing the uterus to turn into a trash compactor instead of a, a a birth portal that is crushing the baby you know with pitocin contractions it's like contraction on top of contraction on top of contraction there's nonstop intensity this is all artificially induced that will put the baby into distress. It is designed. It's designed to. to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Nurses will tell you, and they'll blog about this, something called PIT to distress, P-I-T to distress, which means they're given an order to pump up that Pitocin to its highest level in order to deliberately put that baby in distress so that they can say, oh, look at this, the baby's in distress. We need to move to a C-section now. And they're making buku bucks from the C-sections.
0: The business grand. of being born. Yeah. There we go. Business is booming.
2: 50 grand and more for a C-section Ooh. birth. Okay. I was an expensive little ham. And <laughs> it was all as a result <laughs> of medical interference. Every As soon as you... Allow them to do an ultrasound. They're going to do something in the last trimester. They're going to do everything they can through the ultrasounds to tell you your placenta is aging. Your uterus is too small. You don't have enough fluid. They're going to make up a bunch of bullshit. All right. To get you to acquiesce to an induction of labor. Ugh. OK, that's oh my the game. gosh. That is the game. Once you say yes to that, it is going to be a, a cascade of interventions that will almost 70 percent of the time end you up with a C-section and or your baby in a neonatal intensive care unit. What is induction? I want you to, to think about that word. Because it's right in front of our face. hmm. Military people are inducted into the military. The police are inducted into the police academy. An induction is an initiation. Oh my gosh, I never wow. Into a satanic cult.
0: <sighs> the sa- satanic Luciferian overlay
2: hundred mm-hmm. percent. Wow. So it's right there in our face. They are initiating our us and our babies into the Luciferian order. That's what the, the induction of labor is a forced premature birth, a medically induced premature birth and over 25% of premature births in this country, in the United States, are forcibly caused through the induction of labor. 25%? Over 25% by the medical establishment. Now, why do I say it's a premature birth? Because in a natural birth, the baby decides when it's ready to be born and will signal the mother's body that it's ready. And the mother will begin producing the neurochemicals of birth to allow for the initiation of labor. But the baby has dominion over the timing of its birth. All right. This is a spiritual thing. This is a profound interference Mm -hmm. when they come in with induction. And it is designed to impress upon the psyche of that child that you do not have control over your own destiny, that we oh, wow. that wow. we will be deciding on what your life is going to be, even to the point that we're going to decide when you are born, as opposed to the agreements that you made between you and the creator, the astrological system of our world, all of it. All of this has spiritual potency that they are deliberately interfering with. And it's amazing to me that people do not see this yet. I've been talking about this stuff for at least 10 or 15 years now, right? And still most people are just like you guys. <gasps> oh, my God. And then you see it, right? All it takes is mm-hmm. one person to say it. And then your whole being goes, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now. I-
1: It's just, it's become so normalized. And I think- So normalized. Before, you know, this medical matrix that we're in now, women obviously lived in more of a communal setting where they had, you know, mothers, sisters, friends that had gone through this process and they had people in their own communities who could do this. And you didn't need to rely on a hospital. I mean, in ancient civilizations, we didn't have this and humans were around for, you know, much longer. So this is a new- intervention in the scheme of history.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. It's a, it's like a, the tiniest sliver mm-hmm. of the history of mankind, where we've been giving birth for centuries, generation after generation after generation, successfully, without their interference. But what do they tell you? Women were dying in droves before the help of doctors. The fact is, In the United States today, we have the highest infant and maternal mortality rates in the industrialized world. Women and babies are dying in droves, and it is because of the medical establishment and all of their wicked Luciferian interventions. Let me talk more about these interventions because people need to see this. And every mother that's already given birth in a hospital will be able to hear this because they will have gone through this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I started out saying with the induction of labor, you're going to be in for the ride big Mm -hmm. time. Okay. The ride will start with the ultrasound, here's what's wrong. We have to induce, blah, blah, blah. Mom and dad say, okay, here we go. Okay, now they're going to introduce a number of things. Number one is they're going to do what's called the breaking of the waters or an amniotomy. Now, babies are in an amni- a watery amniotic sac that's actually very protective during labor because it's like padding from the intensity of contraction. Okay. So they're going to break it in order to cause the baby maximum discomfort. Okay. And they're going to tell you it's to speed up labor. Um, I don't know that there's any evidence to actually indicate that it speeds up labor. What it does do is it makes labor very intense, painful for the baby and painful for the mother. Okay. Then they might introduce what's called a fetal heart monitor. There are two different kinds. There is the kind that they strap around the mother's belly, which is ultrasound. So they're going to be irradiating the mother and all of her eggs and the baby, sometimes for days during an induction. Causing all sorts of neurological and genetic damage that may not be visible at birth. This is the thing about ultrasound. You can literally direct a beam at an egg and cook the inside of that egg without anything happening to the shell. So I want you to understand that these children may look normal at birth, but they're not. The, their insides have been irradiated, and this will have long-term effects. For example, it may cause infertility. Ultrasound stops sperm production. Two 15-minute blasts to the adult male scrotum, and you have a minimum of six months infertility. What do we think is happening to the developing testes and ovaries of, of a baby? when we pretend that we're directing that beam at their genitals to to discover the sex. No, it's to cause infertility. And we have the highest level of infertility that Mm -hmm. we've ever had in, in all of the Western world right now, thanks to the irradiation of us and our children. Okay, so what I was saying, I was going through the induction process and saying you might be irradiated the whole time through what they call fetal heart monitoring, which, by the way, if you read my ultrasound book, has zero benefits, zero. Study after study after study after study has shown that there is no benefit to the outcome for the baby, zero. It is done only to cause harm. The other kind of fetal heart monitor is what's called an internal fetal heart monitor, where they'll actually take a sharp metal probe. They'll take their hands and shove that probe up into the the vagina of a laboring mother and screw the probe into the baby's head. And they say that this measures the heart rate. So what kind of sadist Create something where you're going to screw something into a baby's head in order to listen to a heartbeat. Where midwives have, for hundreds of years, been using what's called a fetoscope. You simply put a little piece of wood that's got a certain shape on the mother's body and you listen. And it's also easily done with a stethoscope. Why in the world would you screw something into the baby's head? I'll tell you why. Because every time there's what we call a contraction that thing is going to pull and tug at the soft spot of the baby's head which is where the baby would otherwise be receiving a download of spiritual information as it transitions from one realm into another and they're interfering with that and these children who have that done to them okay they can't stand anybody touching their head. They may have severe damage to their head from this device, this sadistic torture device. Okay, so this is all part of induction. The other part of induction, any questions about that before I go on to Pitocin? I'm sorry. I,
0: I'm, just like, I'm in shock, Janice. Um,
2: it is overwhelming, and that's it why is it, it stuns people into silence. I don't oh, think Nicole, I do have you, any
1: I, questions. I'm just really interested in kind of um, the start to finish in each each procedure that you're talking yeah. about, kind of, and what what its role uh, is.
0: And and I and I also just want to interject for our listeners that are listening right now. If I don't want any males to turn this off, because. We are going to talk about the roles of fathers, and and this is just for everybody to listen up. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, this is just super important.
2: So I just wanted to interject and say that. It should look like, as opposed to induction, I've already said, it should look like the baby signals the mother's body that it's ready to be born. The mother starts producing the neurochemicals of labor. Um, The body starts expanding to let the baby come through. Um, eventually the water will break on its own. Sometimes not. Sometimes the baby's born in the call. Literally the sack is still around the baby. That baby is said to have a very powerful spiritual destiny because obviously the birth was super gentle. Um, uh, and And the baby gets born. You know, I mean, there's more to it than that. But... There's ways to do this if we have healed our birth trauma that can actually allow the birth process to be not only filled with love, but quite ecstatic. You know, we're talking about neurochemicals of love that are so profound that should be happening at birth that are not because of the interference. Birth is designed to be a love-filled joy-filled experience. This is the way the real creator designed it. You don't look at animals. Watch your cat give birth. You do not see your cat screaming, writhing in pain, all of this trauma or having trouble bonding with its kittens. You don't see this in nature. You see it in humans because of what is being done to us. So the natural birth process is just what it is. It's natural and it is easy. And it is, it's supposed to be filled with joy because the birth of a child should be the fulfillment of love between two people mm. who've decided to bring their love into eternity through the creation of life. When this, you just, oh, sorry, go ahead. This is what should be.
0: When you said trouble bonding, I immediately thought of postpartum depression and which how a
2: result of birth trauma
0: exactly. I just kind of like made that connection. like there's so much postpartum depression where they don't even want to bond with their baby, which I you know I understand like postpartum depression is a real thing, and that is terribly, terribly hard. but it shouldn't be that way if it's we were anything- to do this right.
2: It's not even that they don't want to bond with their children. Any mother that's, that's experiencing postpartum depression will be wondering what's wrong with her. Absolutely. Why she mm-hmm. doesn't love her baby. There's actually nothing wrong with her. Okay. What happens when you take a baby away from a mother, especially within the first hour after labor, and when you introduce these drugs that I'm going to talk about, is the mother's body thinks the, de- the baby is dead.
0: Really? Okay. That and makes the sense. Mother,
2: the mother's body will produce the neurochemicals of grief instead of the neurochemicals of love and bonding. Naturally, this is going to cause postpartum depression, not just in the mother, but likely in the fathers who are also have a very high level of postpartum depression and the babies who are going to be born to parents who cannot bond with them. These babies, and I'm one of them, and maybe you guys are too. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. These, we can't bond with our parents properly. We've never experienced the love that is our birthright because we were born on drugs we couldn't even make eye contact with our mothers my, or our fathers because they put this burning poison gunk in our eyes to prevent eye contact. Eye contact is a primary means for the neurobiology of love to activate. That's You activate the brain through the eye contact. So they block it. They put a hat on the baby's head because there's pheromones coming off the baby's head. As soon as you smell your baby, that activates the neurobiology of love and you can identify your baby and your baby can identify you no 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 they're going to put a hat to block the pheromones so you can't smell your baby and they're going to swaddle your baby and wrap your baby in a blanket that's got neurotoxic chemicals they're going to straitjacket the baby that's what swaddling is it's another form of torture And they're going to hand you a dissociated, straight-jacketed, blinded, hatted infant. Whoa. How can you possibly, you know, a baby should be born and immediately put skin to skin Skin -skin. on Mm -hmm. the mother's body.
0: No hats, Mm -hmm. nothing. No eye gunk. What about Mm -hmm. the umbilical cord? Cutting that too soon. Oh, we're getting so far ahead.
2: In our- okay, okay, let's, okay yeah. let's take it at your pace. What What is the next step? I just want, I wanted to take this step-by-step. Step. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Let me finish with induction. We'll just go through a couple of these protocols because we won't have to do them all. But the other thing with induction that people should be aware of is this drug called Pitocin, which they are going to try to get into the mother's body no matter what. Even if you say you don't want an induction, they're going to try to find a way to get this drug in your body. Why is that? Because Pitocin is artificial oxytocin. And oxytocin in its natural form is the hormone of love and bonding. So, when you inject synthetic oxytocin into a mother's body during labor, you are going to undermine her ability to produce the real thing. This is all methodical and purposeful. As soon as this drug enters the mother's body, artificial contractions will proceed. These artificial contractions, as I mentioned, are extremely intense. In a natural birth, a contraction will start. It will raise its level and come to a peak. It will ease off and the body will rest. Then again, it will start, elevate, peak. Ease off, body will rest. This isn't ne- this is necessary, especially for the baby, to recover its heart rate. The resting period is very important. And also for the mother to regroup, you know, before another intense sensation occurs. The opening of the body is a profound experience and can be experienced as pain, or it can be experienced as expansion, depending on the perception. Of the mother. Now, if you've conceived a baby that you don't want with a man that you don't love, it's not going to be easy to give birth to this baby. All right, it starts with what we're doing sexually. But if you've conceived this child purposefully, called this child to you with a man that you love, that you trust, that deeply cares for you, that you're bonded with and you too want this baby, you may have a blowout, orgasmic, ecstatic experience in the birth of this being, which is what our creator actually designed as opposed to the creature of the Bible who tells people to cut off the most sensitive part of their infant's penis to create a covenant with him and who also ordained that women should experience pain and childbirth. That is not the creator. That is an imposter. And that is an imposter that, that is masquerading as God, that's got billions of people worshiping him. And I'll leave it at that. The real creator designed birth to be filled with love, gentle, joyful, ecstatic. And I say orgasmic, you know, we think of orgasmic in a carnal sense, like we're getting off and we're, you know, we're really having some great sensation. But when you listen to a woman that's called the baby forth and loves the man she's with and really wants this baby, I've heard women talk about the birthgasm, okay, which they'll tell you is much more complete and profound than any orgasm that we're going to have because we're engaged in carnal activity because we want to get off. Birth is designed to be profoundly, uh, have profound, beautiful sensations. Okay, but that's not going to happen in a hospital birth. It's very, very rare. You'd have to be an exceptional person to be able to experience this during hospital birth and have an exceptional perception of the birth process. Really
1: really quickly, before you get into the next part of it, do you think that this is also by design to make women not want to have as many children? Because if they had a great experience, like you're describing, and they got beyond that fear of giving birth because they had this great experience, then they would probably have more.
2: That, that is true. And yes, that is what's happening. If you mm-hmm. end up in a cesarean section, for example, the pain of that surgery and the months that it can take you to recover and the interrupted bonding and the fact that you you know even trying to breastfeed your baby if the baby kicks, mm-hmm. all of this makes it like, who, the, who wants to go through this again? And they're going to have, to have another C-section you see. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all methodical. Yes, what you just said is accurate. Pay attention to what they're telling you to do, because it's not in your interest to do any of it. So with Pitocin, because it's artificial oxytocin, and because the mother will not be able to produce natural oxytocin the way she should be, not only is bonding going to be interfered with and breastfeeding, because the oxytocin's Necessary for the letdown of breast milk and proper breastfeeding. But the baby's oxytocin receptor sites are going to be damaged, potentially for life, unless they become conscious of this damage and heal it. And that means that child will have trouble experiencing love, potentially throughout its life, because of the introduction of Pitocin. Okay. Next comes the epidural, because the mother is going to be in extreme pain from these artificial contractions, and she's going to be wanting some pain relief. So in comes the epidural. What is the epidural? The epidural is an anesthesia that they inject in around the cerebral spinal fluid through your spine that is intended to numb the lower half of your body so that you feel nothing. The cerebrospinal fluid is said to be the seat of the soul. It is a crystalline fluid that flows through every ventricle of your brain, through your entire nervous system, all around your spine, right down to your birthing area. And they're numbing it which means they're numbing the spiritual potential of the birth process. Like You have the potential as a woman to transcend this dimension through the birth process itself, to have a, an amazing, it's a shamanic gateway to experiencing the divine, the birth process. But with an epidural, that is nullified. The other thing that's nullified is your ability to help your baby get born. Because with an epidural, you can't stand up. You can't get on all fours. You can't squat. You can't spiral your body. You can't even roll over on your own. People literally have to roll you over because you cannot feel your own body. Now imagine the mind control aspect of this, where you have totally lost control and also lost the connection with your baby. You cannot do anything except talk to your baby, which most women are not conscious of, to do this, to say, I'm sorry, I'm here for you. I know I can't feel you, but I'm here and I'm... I want to help you in whatever way I can through my consciousness, since my body's a goner at this point and I'm totally under their control. Um, All I have left is my consciousness to help my baby get born. But most women are not there to even use their consciousness. Okay. So now the baby is on its own. There's an incredible abandonment imprint that can be left with the baby because of the epidural. And something else you should know is that even though the mother is not experiencing any pain, the baby will experience more pain. Why is that? Because in a normal birth, when, when the contractions start happening, the body will produce oxytocin, dopamines, beta, beta endorphins, all these good feeling neurochemicals and hormones to make the birth pleasurable none of which are going to be happening because of the epidural and the pitocin, which means baby will experience more pain because baby needs the oxytocin and the beta endorphins and all of these things to make the birth manageable for the baby too. But it's all nullified. So now the baby's coming through a birth portal, being irradiated the whole time, water's been broken. Sometimes there's a thing screwed into the baby's head, pulling and tugging at the baby's head. Mom's on her back. The baby's coming in against gravity, against unbelievable odds, with absolutely zero help. It's a very, very sad state of affairs. So now we have what? A mother who's lost control of her body, who may also be on other drugs. They may introduce morphine. They may introduce other opiates. And I'm telling you something about these opiates, of which we can include Pitocin, is that the baby will be born with um, what's called euphoria. These drugs like morphine or Demerol, will create a drug-induced state of euphoria. Euphoria is a medical word. It's a drug-induced artificial state of well-being. So instead of a baby being born with an experience of profound love and bonding, it will have euphoria as its imprint, a drug-induced euphoria. And what happens to the psyche is that when you become a teenager and have lived a life without experiencing love, or bonding with, you know, with your parents, and you don't feel loved by them, you will seek a sense of well-being. And how will you get that? You will get that through opioid drugs, the way that you got it when you came in. You see? And so we have overwhelming addiction to fentanyl and oxycod- oxycodone, which is artificial oxytocin. fentanyl is in the epidural. So the drugs that these children are born with, that they're born on, they are becoming addicted to later in life. And we ought to take note of that because there's a definite connection. And the medical establishment is responsible 100% for these drug-addicted teenagers and young adults, many of whom have died as a result of overdose. And it's all from a lack of love, the pain of never being loved, never feeling loved. This can start in the womb when you're not wanted. You may have an imprint that you believe I'm inherently unlovable and I'll never be loved because your parents don't want you and you know that.
1: Yeah, I'm sure through all of the chemical processes of the mother, they pick up on
2: it. Everything, Mm -hmm. every aspect of it. And babies are telepathic. They know everything that we're thinking and feeling. And we had better be conscious of this, (laughs) that babies are conscious. They're conscious beings. If you think about murdering them through abortion, they're going to remember
0: Oh, I they're didn't not, even
2: think about that. They're not going to trust you. Trust me on that. They'll wow. never, they'll have a problem feeling safe in this world because of your thoughts. And why would you think of abortion? Because you've behaved sexually inappropriately and conceived a child that you shouldn't have. Okay, so that's a mm-hmm. whole other show. Yeah. Absolutely, we'll, yeah. We we'll could do a whole show on, on that. On what's going on mm-hmm. You'll 30. have to come back. Yeah, exactly. to, you are always invited on. Yeah. So let me finish the birth. So mm-hmm. now we're gonna we're gonna end up with this whole situation I just talked about plus a c-section birth very likely. Okay, now C-section is major trauma for the mother and the baby. I can't get into the details of this, which are very lengthy and I talk about them at length in my parenting program, a 20 week program, six weeks of which is designed to understand the father's role, by the way. During, during the whole childbearing year, preconception, conception, gestation, birth. So um, suffice to say that babies who have tried so hard to make their way through that birth portal and who are then cut out instead, are not able to achieve the victory of birth that should occur. Okay, those of us that made it through the birth portal, we have an imprint that says, you know, against all odds, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna survive. And I can do it. I can do it. But C section babies may have imprinting where they feel like, I can't do it. Somebody has to save me. I can't do it by myself no matter how hard I try. I try and I try and I try, but I just can't do it. I feel exposed. <laughs> you, feel, you feel
0: exposed? I'm just getting well I was a C, I was a C-section baby, so it's just
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not to expose, honey, but to help bring it to consciousness these imprints mm-hmm. so that you can heal it and understand that it was a success. You know, you did nothing wrong. And it's not you that was the problem at all in this birth process. At all. You would have succeeded in getting, coming through the birth portal if not for all of what they did to you. All right. I'm nice. a survivor. And I'm a thriver, and I'm going (laughs) to make it. Make it, (laughs) despite what they do to us. We're going to rise. Yes, we're going to heal this, and we're going to end this, and we're going to end their reign on this earth. Enough is enough,
0: Mm -hmm. and it
2: starts with how we bring babies here, and also with our own healing around this. Which you know, you guys, you ladies are so young. I keep saying, you guys, you're not guys, you're women. Your ladies, and you're your doing profound work by even talking with me and bringing this to your awareness, being willing and to bring this to other people your age, which is the key to transforming everything right now. You transform, yeah. transform the earth by transforming the way we do birth. Quite rightly, the children that come in through us will be full on, intact, connected to their souls. And to mm-hmm. the creator, to mm-hmm. the divine mind, to their purpose, we have that potential. When we become aware become and become willing to heal what's happened to us and change it for our children. Mm-hmm. All right. So back yeah. to, so the C-section is profound and it's profoundly damaging to the mother as well. As I mentioned a little bit, if you read my birth trauma book, you'll get a deeper sense of what C-section is capable of doing. And if you come through the parenting program, you'll get an in-depth analysis of that, of that protocol. Okay. So then I want to move on to the cord clamping, which you brought up earlier. Okay. Now we, in a natural birth, because we want to understand what's natural, The baby's body will come out. The baby will be attached to the umbilical cord. The other end of the cord will be attached to the placenta, which is still in the mother's body after the baby comes out. Now, typically at this time, they're going to come in and do their thing. And I'll talk about that. But in a normal birth, the placenta will be born 20 minutes later, half hour later, an hour later, it depends. If the baby comes out and is put on the mother's body, skin to skin, especially if the baby suckles and tries to nurse, the placenta will come out much quicker. This is also a period of time during which you can experience orgasm, is in the delivery of the placenta. So orgasm was not designed to be a carnal experience is actually designed to be um, for the benefit of experiencing love and an ecstatic birth, okay, a bonding ecstatic birth. So interestingly enough, the baby's out, the placenta's out, and you're going to see the umbilical cord has a bunch of blood in it. It's usually quite beautiful, blue in color, purple, really pretty. And the cord will be sometimes knotted from the baby having moved around and knotted it up, but it will have, I don't know what the word is. It'll have curls in it and sometimes knots. And as that blood makes its way into the baby, the cord will unravel itself. You'll see it will unknot as the blood makes its way and it'll become flat and it'll become white I can show you pictures if you're interested in this. Um, yeah, I, don't,
1: I I don't get grossed out by that stuff. I, I would like. Oh, to it's not it. gross. Yeah, at Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Some people
2: think it is. I, I don't think it is. I oh, think no, it's no, fascinating. No. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's not gross at all. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Um, hang on. Let me see if I could bring these up, Bring these up real quick. Yeah, sure. And while you are, one of the questions
1: I just thought of is, what. What do we lose by not allowing that process, by not allowing it to naturally unravel and release the rest of the blood into the baby?
2: We're going to talk about this in just a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it possible for me to share my screen with you?
0: Yes. I think I just changed the settings here. Who can share all participants? Okay, there you go.
2: There. Oh, yes. So here. Oh, wow. The, here is picture number one. Okay, you see the umbilical cord. This is blood flowing through it. You see how it's curled up? Mm-hmm. You know, it's got these waves in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got that picture. Let's go to picture number two here. I'm just going to flip over to picture number three mm-hmm. instead of showing you them all because there's quite quite a lot. Share screen again. Here's picture number three. This is what it looks like after a while. You see how the, the knots are unraveling themselves and the cord mm-hmm. is white. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stop the share. Go back over. Let's go to picture number five. So you can actually see. Share screen. Here we go. So now you see the cord is almost done. Yeah, it does look Mm -hmm. white. You see how it gets flat? Yeah. It's almost white. All right, a few more minutes, then it's safe to cut the cord. That means your baby has received all of its blood, which you definitely want, because the blood contains stem cells, nutrients, oxygen, so your baby can develop a proper respiratory system and immune system, right? The blood is really important for your baby to receive. They're going to try to trick you and say, do you want to store your baby's stem cells in in case your baby gets sick? Really what they want is your baby's DNA and they're not going to store your baby's stem cells. That's number one. Number two, you don't, you want your baby to have its stem cells at birth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't let them trick you do not sign anything to give away to give away your baby's cord blood or stem cells. okay. Now what they're going to do in a, so in a normal birth you would not cut the cord until the cord is flat and white. Some people do a lotus birth where they actually leave the baby, the cord and the uh, placenta attached for days until the umbilical cord falls off naturally. The reasons for this are spiritual. Because the baby has um, a spiritual connection with the placenta and can make its determination when it's ready to let go of that placenta. This is a deep topic. Indigenous cultures saw the placenta as um, a spiritual guardian, a twin. You know, the placenta will break down its own body to feed the baby if the baby is undernourished. In a lotus birth, if you know, like six days after the baby's been born, if the baby is nursing, the placenta will still be pulsing. It's still alive and responding to the baby being nourished. This is a living organ and a spiritual being that the baby has a special connection with. And so to honor that baby, we would want to take the placenta and the umbilical cord and perhaps plant a tree and bury the placenta and umbilical cord there so that the baby has a place to go back, that it can reconnect with the spiritual energy of its placenta. This is a very spiritual thing that we're doing. Okay. Don't get tricked into eating your baby's placenta. I was just thinking that, that, right? So humans are not like other animals in the wild, We are repulsed generally by ripping into the flesh of an organ, blood, and everything. You know, any normal person would be repulsed at the thought of eating a living organ.
0: Well, and now, just what you had just mentioned the placenta, like the baby's guardian now the mother's going to come in and eat it. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, Satanists, Luciferians eat. Mm -hmm. body parts they drink blood Mm -hmm. and they're trying to initiate us into satanism and luciferianism by getting us to do the same thing having said that i preface it with the placenta does have medicinal qualities okay if you are experiencing postpartum depression which is the result of birth trauma It can help you to eat parts of the placenta. And you can talk to your baby and say, I'm suffering. And I wonder if you would mind sharing some of this energy with me. I don't want to undermine, you know, you, you don't want to undermine your baby in any way. You want to honor your baby in every way. And 100 to 1, your baby will want to help you. Just ask, be aware and be conscious if you need to eat the placenta because you are suffering. Okay. Also, during if you are giving birth and hemorrhaging, and let's say a part of the placenta, the placenta broke up into pieces and a part of it came out. If you suck on the placenta, it will stop the hemorrhage. It has the potential to stop a hemorrhage. So, There's certain herbs that do as well, and it would behoove all of us to learn those herbs, and this is part of what I teach, and especially part of what I share if people are working one-on-one with me um, prior to birth, how to prepare for a natural birth. So the placenta does have medicinal qualities. Just- understand the spiritual dynamics that we're working with, read my birth trauma book, which goes into some detail about this, and prepare yourself in consciousness to approach this the right way. In the event there is birth trauma, and you need to have the energy from your, it's stealing your baby's energy, really, but we don't have to be thieves. We don't have to vampire our children like the Satanists and the Luciferians do. We can be kind and loving and in communion with our children and ask for help. And our children are often coming in because they want to help us. I mean, the first thing when you ask a two or three-year-old, why did it decide to be born? It will tell you to help my mother. Wow, I never knew that. Yes.
0: That's okay? so These
2: children are so beautiful. If we understood how much they are here to help us and how much we and they could benefit by understanding what I'm telling you today and healing our birth trauma so that we can love them and that they can experience the love from us, so much could change. Okay. Okay. And we mm-hmm. have to heal. We have to understand. So with respect to what they're going to do, in addition to getting you to try to eat your baby, your baby's energy through placenta encapsulation or whatever. Put it in a smoothie. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so, ridiculous. It's so grotesque if you think about it. It really is. And we should see that. What they will do in a hospital is they will clamp, Your baby's cord immediately, they'll tell you they'll do delayed cord clamping, and maybe it'll be a minute or two or three, and the mother will feel, wow, you know, I had delayed cord clamping. The cord clamping should not happen for at least an hour. Mm. The first hour after birth, there should be nobody, nobody that touches you or your baby except your beloved or your children. It should be mom dad, baby, and siblings, that's it for the first hour because the neurochemicals during that first hour of birth will never happen again. And the potential for a profoundly love-filled experience to occur during that first hour needs to be honored and respected.
0: So the question that I have is, Do hospitals even allow, like, let's say, like, I had, like, here are my do's, here are my don'ts. Will hospitals even allow that?
2: At this point, probably not. At this point where they're making women wear masks, where they're they're actually putting face shields on the infants (gasps) to Mm -hmm. further block eye contact, where they're taking and separating them from their mothers if the mothers aren't vaccinated. You do not want to go anywhere near a hospital mm-hmm. to give birth at this time. It's a very dangerous thing to do. Mm-hmm. But most, but it's also dangerous to try a home birth if you're carrying birth trauma. So please... I could tell you my story about this. I had so much birth trauma and that's what contributed to my baby being born still and suffering for two months in a, in a neonatal intensive care unit. So you don't want to go into a birth with birth trauma. You can heal it. I've had many women heal it during pregnancy. It's better to heal it before you conceive, but you can do it during pregnancy and try to avoid these people, please. All right, because not only are they going to cut that cord, they're going to steal your baby's blood. They're going to steal your baby's placenta. These things carry top dollar in the satanic industry. Okay, they sell for max money in addition to the foreskins. They get a lot of money for these things. When they sell it off, they're going to tell you it's for research. It's for their consumption, and Mm -hmm. it's for their satanic science. That's what it's for. And it's also because they know if they can get their hands on your baby's placenta and umbilical blood, they can negatively influence your baby throughout its life. They can do their rituals. You know, in in certain indigenous cultures, fathers have very strict protocols they must follow to take care of their baby's placenta and umbilical cord because they know if their own people get their hands on it. Dark forces can influence their children. Fathers have a very important role that they've been relegated to the sidelines in our our satanic civilization.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Can we touch on that because I, that is that is so true? They have been relegated to the to the sidelines, and I'd like to kind of talk about the role of the father in pregnancy and how it, how vital and important they truly are.
2: The role in pregnancy is a highly spiritual role. See, the mother is giving birth to the physical body of the child. And the father is giving birth to the spiritual body of the child. If he's aware of it, that spiritual body will be born anyway. But who controls it? Who Who is educating it? Who is providing it with information? Is it going to be the father or is it going to be the Satanists? So the spiritual body and the spiritual self of the child are the father's responsibility during gestation. He should be compiling the spiritual program for the child's life. That would involve creating a space of love for the child to be born in that would involve treating the mother with absolute kindness and respect. You know, that would involve visualizing the child, having a very happy life connected to God, connected to all the animals, connected to the divine mind. There are many aspects to giving birth to the spiritual self of the child. So in many ways, the father's role during gestation is even more important than the mother's. Now, the physical body is very important, but the spiritual self is going to actually be giving life to the the physical. So Mm -hmm. taking, taking all of this to the highest consciousness that we're capable of at this time is the important thing to do. And of course, during conception... One thing a father, as a father, you do not want to do is to look at the woman as a sexual object. If you're looking at this woman and you're thinking, I want to get off, I'm going to put on a condom, I'm going to spew out my life creating potential into a piece of rubber and flush it down the toilet, okay, A... You're spitting in God's face saying, I don't care about your life creating program. I'm going into the satanic program right now because I just want to get off. And that's all I care about. Okay, that's a big problem. That's number one. B, (laughs) this woman should be perceived by the Father as a co creator of life and someone who He deeply loves. And if that is not the case, this man who has been mind controlled and is probably very interested in fucking and all those things men are supposed to be interested in, you know, you got to get your penis in as many vaginas as possible. This man is going to have so much pain if he ends up creating a child with a woman that he does not love, that it can actually turn into something like, Like what's happened very recently, a mother has decided to raise their son. They're separated, transgender. And so the father is just completely emotionally devastated that he can't raise his son as a boy. And, of course, the establishment judicial system backs up the mother. To raise a five-year-old boy as a girl. And the father has no say. So the pain that the men experience is very profound, including regarding abortions, over which they generally have absolutely no say that their children are being murdered. And this is all because... We have been conditioned to have sex with people to get off. And we think it's normal and good. We've even been told it's what God wants. So be aware. You know, there's a lot of programming that needs to be deprogrammed. This is, a, you know, part of what I do, I realize, is I'm a deprogrammer. Because I just come right out and say, no. This is what it is, and this mm-hmm. is the this is what's happening, and this is the result. And mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh!" And your body may start to vibrate like like really uncomfortably as I talk, and I apologize for the discomfort. This is this is a function of mind control breaking down. This is the discomfort that you're feeling. It's literally the mind control breaking down. It's not comfortable, but it has to happen. We have got to be aware of this. So there's a lot to the father's role. I can't go in. You see how deep it goes. Yes. And I didn't talk about birth. Mm-hmm. So it's very deep. And I recommend that men, not very many men have come through my program. But some of the men that have come through, they decide to come through again and again. Wow. Because that's that's how much they get out of it. And mm-hmm. they're not the only ones. The women are coming through more than once. Because it changes as I grow, you see. Can I come through even <laughs> if, if I don't
0: have a baby? Totally, that's when we I should probably to do back. it, right? It kind of seems that's, like that's, I have a lot of birth trauma that I should definitely. do this. I feel like that's like, that too. like I might as well, through. yeah. I might as well get a head start on this birth trauma. <laughs>
2: <For> <laughs> yeah. When you when you read about the parenting program, you will read in the beginning part that this will have its strongest effect on those who comes through prior to conception, it will you'll have the max benefits. If you come through the program prior to conception, and overwhelmingly, that is who comes through the program. And is it the same amount of time?
1: Is it the same program? It's just one is done pre and one is done maybe during?
2: No, the parenting program is a 20 week program for everybody. Mm -hmm. But But it has its most benefit for those who have not had children yet Mm -hmm. because it will give you everything that you need from the preconception phase through the birth process and beyond to know how to do this and to break the mind control big time Mm -hmm. and also to heal the trauma. Oh, that sounds wonderful. The process is profound. It'll start again in March of next year. So it's a, yeah, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a 40 hour program, 20 weeks, two hours each week for, for 20 weeks. And um, you can read the testimonials, you know, from some of the people that have come through. Of course, I've had people that have also given birth already that have suffered tremendous birth trauma um, and they give testimonials too. And when they go to give birth again, they're going to have an amazing opportunity to to heal what's happened in the past and to do it in a way where they'll have their birthright. Their birthright is a profoundly joyful, ecstatic, love-filled birth experience. And they're going to have it because they've now prepared and understand what needs to happen. So it's beneficial for everybody to do this program, who cares about the future, who cares about the children, and who cares about the preservation of love in their families. Because I'm telling you, childbirth is a key to the preservation of love in your family. And if you want love to be preserved between you and your beloved, this program will help you and everybody wants that everybody wants enduring authentic love mm. not a substitute i'm going to settle for this guy because i you know i haven't found anybody better no we wait we wait we make ourselves the best that we can be i'm 62 i've been married twice the love in my marriages as much as i loved both my husbands was not preserved why Because of what I did, because of what we did, because we were under mind control, and because we had unresolved trauma. I feel like there's so many people listening right
0: now that Mm -hmm. are going to deeply be affected by this conversation. And I don't say this lightly, but... I do believe having this conversation is going to change the course of so many people's lives. It's certainly changing the course of my life. Absolutely. I and agree yeah, there's, there's some, I mean, our, our listeners are of course about preserving the love yeah. and of saving the children and healing the trauma and the mind program.
1: Yeah. And, and they're very, uh, and they're very well-versed in the the programs of what's happening all around us in like many different facets, some of the ones that we talked about. So I feel like this is a key that probably hasn't been unlocked yet in most.
2: And you'll learn some programs you haven't yet seen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I I had no
0: idea of all of, all of these things, but when, when it all comes together, it makes it makes so much sense. And I, for me, I feel like I have this hope that yes, of course I have a ton of mother wounds and, and all of these things, but to not fear childbirth. And, and now in my in my mind, like it's completely like I've had this shift during this conversation is like I cannot wait to create this ecstatic love. I really do. I Nicole, do you feel that? Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. I So, Because I feel like it gives,
1: it's empowering because it gives you more control over the situation. Unlike what you were just talking about, where you're handing that control over when you subject yourself to the system.
2: Yeah. And if I'm telling you, ladies, if you give birth in this way, you're going to, you're going to change the world. It takes one generation of children to be born correctly, to be born whole, to be born intact with a connection to the divine mind and everything shifts and you yeah. ladies and your beloveds people your age are carrying the keys to to make this change so helping this information get to other people your age is just profound service in my opinion and certainly giving birth to children is a profound service to this earth especially if you prepare yourselves in the way i'm suggesting It can make a huge difference on this earth and the whole earth will rejoice Mm. at the birth of these children and the fact that families are stable and whole and made up of love that is enduring. The whole earth will rejoice.
1: Because I was just thinking, just knowing, so, so many don't know this trauma that they've gone through and obviously they feel it, they feel it, but they might not know what they're feeling. And just thinking about how if they don't have to go through that trauma, or if they can heal it, how how like you were just saying, it would just change everything. But it's just you know we we aren't meant to go through that from the start. Can you just imagine? Like I, I mean, life is hard enough. So all the traumas that we experience in general life is is hard enough. But then having this compounding effect from the very beginning, it's just unfathomable to me I just can't
2: how would it be if yeah they, how would it be how would it be yeah how would, it yeah. How would mm-hmm. our world be and how much you know it's so much work for us to heal how would it be if they didn't mm-hmm. have to do that work what kind of lives and how would we feel observing our children having joyful lives that aren't so hard and aren't such a struggle and filled with pain how good would that be for us And for everything, I mean, really all Mm -hmm. little things benefit from, from the love of mankind. I mean, just our gaze upon a flower is good for the flower. Our tender look, you know, our look of joy toward a squirrel or a chipmunk or anything, it benefits everything, our love, certainly. This can change everything. Everything's about the restoration of love, the preservation of love, returning our people to their capacity to to experience love, the fulfillment of love. We deserve it. We've certainly had our share of the opposite, and it's time to go yeah. a different direction. One other thing I didn't talk about is circumcision, and mm-hmm. let me say That if you think anything else I just mentioned is bad, the worst is circumcision. And I could talk for a half hour about what they're doing to the boys. And never. They're doing this to attack the male energy. To attack, especially, the alpha male energy. And they're not only doing this to basically neuter male power, because you create an imprint of helplessness and betrayal and abandonment by your parents that hand them over for this kind of satanic ritual abuse, which is what circumcision is, satanic ritual abuse and genital torture. All right, you're going to have adult men. Who have a difficult time, not only trusting and loving and bonding, but stepping in to the male role, which we very much need at this point, Mm -hmm. you know, because we need men to step up, okay? And it's difficult because they've been harmed. They've been damaged purposefully. And we're trained to be liberal and all this stuff. And it's time to overcome. The programming that we've been put through to hate ourselves and that men have been put through to hate their masculinity. It's called toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. But it's not toxic. It's profoundly beautiful. And boy, do we need it. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if we're gonna if we're going to step into being strong, powerful, loving women you better believe we need men who can match us. So we have to see what's happening to our men and encouraging them not to buy into it and to step up and be their men, be the men, be- No more yeah. betas, no more. No more betas, no more betas. Yeah, no no because yeah, dress wearing, you know, I mean- oh, God, terrible. God, guys,
1: come mm-hmm. on, let's get a grip, yeah. okay? It's because mm-hmm. they're the biggest threat to the system. So that's why they have the systematic attack going on. Yep, exactly.
0: I wanted to quickly go back to the topic of uh, birth, birthing trauma. And if you have birthing trauma, it is going to be very hard to have these birth, births at home. And why I- is
2: this? Why is mm-hmm. this? Let me explain. Because if you have unresolved trauma, your body will try to work it out during the birth process. And the birth process may be very slow. It may take a long time. And a repeat of past trauma can activate during the process itself. Because, you know, you know how if you had an abusive dad, you might attract reattract a man that's abusive, like your dad. Yeah. So we're always doing this in terms of recreating trauma, recreating similar circumstances. And we do this so that we can work it out. We're always trying to work it out and restore the system to love. Well, the body's gonna try to do that too. It's gonna try to work out the trauma during pregnancy and birth and restore the system to love. But this can result in a very difficult birth as the body tries to work out the trauma the most dangerous thing is that the past trauma can reactivate and be recreated. So any past birth trauma may happen again. And the trauma can be intergenerational, as I said. So for example, my grandma gave birth to a dead baby. I gave birth to a dead baby. It And my other grandmother also, she didn't give birth to a dead baby, but she lost one of her babies. So it just, benefits us to try to heal the trauma before we give birth. And even women that have had massive trauma, so much trauma that their children were autistic because of what the medical establishment did to them. Okay. Can give birth at home easily, quickly, gently without trauma because they've done a few weeks or months of very Directed healing for their trauma. And the healing process is quite easy. You know, it's just energy work where you're going to be talking to your body by placing your fingertips on certain points and speaking directly to your nervous system through the electrical energy of your fingertips. I teach a Japanese system of energy medicine called Jinshin, J I N. S-H-I-N, Jin Shin Jitsu. And it's so easy and it's so gentle and it feels so good when you do this to, to your body. And you can do it for your children and help your children heal their trauma and children heal super quick because they haven't had 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of repetition Traumatic repetition is, is a real thing. So we can break the repetition with ginshin. What are some of the things that you can tell your body? Like, I love you, body. You can <laughs> tell your body lots of things, but it's not easy to use your mind to override your physical experience. It's not been easy for me, and it's not easy. So that's why affirmations are not always that effective, because while you're saying your body well, let's say you're saying I'm totally safe. I'm supported by love. You know, everything's good. Your body's going bullshit. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. You're, not safe. you're in a hospital. Okay? You're not okay. I don't care what you're saying to me right now. You got to get me out of here. Okay? Totally. So- yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's kind of like restructuring that belief system because you can say all of these things, but if you don't truly believe them.
2: It's like you want to get into your nervous system to help your nervous system calm down, okay, and rewire those circuits. Those are physical there's physical and electrical circuitry in the body, and you can immediately help your body calm down. Seriously, just by going like this, two minutes, oh, with your right, right hand on top of your head, on top of your head, Right hand near the back, okay? Left hand on the third eye and holding it for two minutes. And I don't want to do this now Mm -hmm. because it's going to take some time. But two minutes here, two minutes here at the tip of the nose, and two minutes at the V of the neck. I want everybody that's watching to try this. Right hand up, left hand, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. And see how you feel. Just in five minutes of a treatment, see how you feel.
1: I have a quick question. So um, is there a reason why you hold your head at the same time that you're holding the other
2: three places? What we're doing is when we have had a lot of trauma, the tendency is to be up here. Mm -hmm. The spirit to hang out up here because the body is not very comfortable place. Because of what the body's endured. So here we're talking to the spirit and saying, please come in to the body. We're calming the body down, literally, Mm -hmm. enough so that the spirit... This flow is a lot longer. There's several more points that go down the central channel. But what we're saying is, what we're doing literally is letting the body come to an energetic space where the spirit feels it can inhabit. Mm.
1: Wow. That's really interesting. Because I feel like I intuitively, for some reason, like when I feel certain ways, like I'll touch here or, you know, like maybe my face, but I never thought about, you know, how you integrate the two. So that's really interesting. And you'll
2: learn just through this flow. Mm -hmm. There There are points here, right? There's points here. Mm -hmm. oh yeah this
0: is the tapping
2: here well it's not exactly the tapping is a little bit different Mm -hmm. but it's similar because you're working with energy the gentian meridian system um this flow works with what's called extraordinary meridians okay which actually form prenatally and inform the development of the meridian system. So we're going to a deeper level with the Jinshen system than with the tapping system, or any meridian system. We're going, we're taking things deeper to the prenatal place. What happened? What happened early?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And rewiring it all at the same. It's very deep work. Like like, I think I see what I see. Because of the birth trauma healing that I've done. And Jin Shin was fundamental. I still do it every day. I still do self-care every day. So it has allowed me to heal my psyche. And restored my ability to actually see what's going on. Break through the mind control. And it can do that for everybody. Or anybody that's willing to do self-care. That's fascinating. How long are the, um, maintenance,
1: like the daily maintenance that you do? How long is the, um, practice of it?
2: Well, now I do probably 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. In the I might do more at night if I'm particularly stressed out, but 15 minutes morning mm-hmm. and night. When I first started doing Genshin, I was doing <laughs> constantly, like I bought the self-care book and I was constantly mm-hmm. doing self-care at least an hour a day and sometimes more. Now, I had a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. I I was in a very deep vortex of trauma. I was homeless, living on the beaches of Hawaii, you know, having to hitchhike into town every day to get my food, manifest money every day, no shelter. You know, I mean, it was intense. And I had just given birth to a baby that was born not breathing. I almost died from hemorrhaging. I mean, I was in a bad place. My marriage collapsed. I lost my home, my work, everything gone. And if if I and it took me two years to find genshin after that, I was in a vortex of trauma so deep. As you know, any woman with postpartum depression, as I was in, also obviously, any woman will tell you this can take a long time to come out of. And without help. I don't think I would have made it. If I did not find my Jinshin teacher, I saw a little flyer at the health food store for healing birth trauma, and it was $100. I had no idea where I'd get the $100 at that time, and I said, I have to go, and I went and i swear to god it was a weekend long very inexpensive workshop by by the end of that weekend my outer reality started to shift just by learning the map of the body putting my fingers on these points things started changing and i had tried many different things prior to this time so it works it's the only thing that i have found that really works and i've tried i've tried the tapping the eft these things can can help and they've helped some people craniosacral therapy is another really good gentle watsu therapy, very good for prenatal trauma. But the most profound has been jinshin for me. And that's why this is what I teach. Mm-hmm. And right now I don't have a lot more time. ladies. Yeah. Oh no, that's okay. We're, oh, yeah, we're getting okay. close. Yeah. To our we're time getting team. close to and the end. Yeah. If you, do, if you do the parenting program, you will learn Genshin. You will be instructed mm-hmm. to do daily self-care. You know, it's up to you. I'm not your boss, but I will be encouraging mm-hmm. this on a constant basis. Um, And hopefully you will do this. And also I recommend before we end that people read the Ringing Cedars books. Ringing Like a Bell, Cedars Like the Trees. Mm -hmm. Let me get the link for you where you can find the
1: real books. And are they about birth trauma too? They're
2: not about birth trauma. They're about... They do talk about birth trauma, how birth has become a fatal experience for the children and separation from their mothers and all of that. That's not the point of the books. Mm -hmm. The books talk about how to create the new earth and the significance of conscious conception, gestation, birth, and parenting. Mm -hmm. And they are the most life-changing books I have ever read. They profoundly altered my consciousness. So in addition to Genshin, the second most important thing is going to be the reading of the ringing cedars books, which are also part of the curriculum. Mm. They'll change your life. Ladies. These books are amazing.
0: Thank you. I cannot wait to get started on this. And really I had this, you know, this like, idea or quote or whatever, but it's really up to us to birth a new world. Yep. Um and so there's just so many ways. There are these old paradigms that are crumbling down, like these old systems. Narcissists are being revealed, corporations are being revealed. And one day we'll look back and say the business of birth has crumbled to the ground and it is no longer. And so no, no. it really is up. Yeah, it really is up to us to to birth this new world. So
2: oh, one other thing I'm going to put in the chat, a film that everybody should watch in the chat. It's called birth as we know it. Love it. Okay, great. Watch the film.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm writing it down to you.
0: Okay. And also for everybody that's listening, we'll put all of these links in the show notes as well. Um, Janice, do you have any final Words for our listeners before we sign off.
2: Yes, please go to my website, <laughs> which oh, is, yeah, well, yeah, it, that too, which is birth of a new earth, birth of a new earth. Oh, that's it, your website, <laughs> birth of a new earth. That's my website. Oh, okay. Please look at the parenting program. Mm. Okay, take a look at the parenting program. There's a fathering program, but I prefer the men come through the whole parenting program if you're interested. Um, Take a look at my books, which are on my website. I also have another website called Radiation Dangers with an S. If you want to learn about the wireless issue, we could do a whole, believe me, we could do a whole talk on that. Um, And we do in the parenting program. You're going to learn a lot about that and how to correct things in your home. This is a real preparatory path toward bringing children in in the creator's design as opposed to lucifers i love that Mm -hmm.
0: i really do believe it's like a great course just for anybody yeah you know i would you know i would love to create my space and and for me too and and in preparation for a child one day
2: you'll learn so much about the space of love through the ringing cedar Mm -hmm.
0: books oh i love that oh
2: my gosh (laughs) okay
0: it is on my it is on my reading list i will absolutely read that And one last question for you is, what is one song that penetrates your soul?
2: The song that I speak to my infant daughter, her name is Anastasia, by the way, is called Truly, Madly, Deeply Do by Savage Garden. Truly, Madly, Deeply. I love that that song. song. Mm -hmm. And I've communicated whenever she wants to get my attention, That song will play on the radio. There's been times when I've asked her a direct question and I've asked her to play the song on the radio for me at a specific place and time, and she does. So that song touches me deeply.
1: I love that song too. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we will add that to our playlist on Spotify and the link is also in the show notes. And again, awesome. wow, thank you so much. I I'll say it again. I I seriously think that this has I I know that this has changed the course of my life and I mm-hmm. absolutely know that this has this conversation will change the course of so many other people's lives and thank you so much for doing what you
2: what you're doing and bringing awareness. And- yeah, you are so welcome. And let me say that I have a niece, my sister's daughter. And if she could hear this and respond in the way that you ladies have, I would be thrilled.
0: <laughs> well, you'll have to send her the link.
2: Yes. She She'll love the to MA it. girls. She should listen <laughs> to
0: us. We're great. How old is she? She's
2: probably 18 now. Oh, okay. That's pretty young, but... Yeah, she's quite young, yeah. but... We got to start then. You got to start. It's amazing to me that they'll teach you math and English and all this stuff, but there's no education about how to create a loving relationship or how to create a space of love or how to bring children onto this earth gently and in love. There's no education for that. And it's time. Yeah, absolutely. I feel deeply honored to have crossed
0: paths and yes. learned it. At, you know, I'm 30 years old and I'm just learning this. And so yeah. I feel blessed to have been able to get this information and be able to share it too.
2: I'm thrilled. Thank you very much. Thank You're so much. welcome. Thank you so much. You're welcome, ladies. So you take good care. We'll see each other again, I have a feeling. Oh, I you know. absolutely know we <laughs> <Yes>. will. <laughs> Bye. And thank you to all your listeners for listening. Bye for now. Bye.
0: Level complete.
2: Hit subscribe, like, and leave a review for future simulations.